0: And welcome to Musici Chats. My name is Beth McNinch. I'm the founder and artistic director of Musici Island. During the COVID lockdown of 2020, I decided to start a podcast to chat to different artists from throughout the sector about their jobs and what the future of live performance might look like. The first 12 episodes can also be viewed as videos on our YouTube page, and you can find out more about all our projects on our website, www.musici.ie. We have some amazing guests coming up, so if you enjoy the podcast, please do subscribe. And also, maybe you have friends that you think might be interested in this, please do help us by sharing and writing reviews on your favourite podcast providers. I'm so excited to talk to my guest today, Ema O'Grady from Wicklow. um has been busy in the stunt industry for the last decade. Her work includes firebirds, car knockdowns, high falls and combat, and some of her credits of Penny Dreadful, Vikings, Ripper Street, Siberian Education and the Tudors. I do highly encourage you to go and look up her showreel online to see some really fantastic stuff.
1: Hi, Emma. How are you? <laughs> Hi. How are you? Great.
0: Good, yeah. So whereabouts are you? Who are you with at the moment?
1: So I'm at home with uh, my husband and my little boy. Um, so we're, yeah, we're enjoying the I'm in Galway, yeah, down by the sea, which is very lucky. It's within our, it was in our 2K, so we're really lucky where we are. Oh, lovely. Yeah, that's
0: nice. Yeah, we're kind of the same here. It makes a difference, doesn't it? <laughs> oh,
1: I can only imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, I'd say it's quite difficult in the cities and apartments. Some apartments I've lived in, in my time, I would imagine it's difficult to be there right now
0: yeah i know we've had that conversation too (laughs) very lucky but listen so first of all can i ask how would you describe yourself because like i was talking to my family about you and i I called you a stunt cellist
1: (laughs) i love it that's exactly how i would describe myself a stunt cellist
0: But like, uh, do you still do, you're still doing quite a bit of music as well as stunts? Yeah,
1: yeah, I am. So I still play and um, yeah, I kind of play in a different way now. I think I play um, just for my own pleasure, but I also kind of play with other people. If people pop up and say, would you like to do this? Yes, I would love to do it. So um, I think I probably play by my own rules a bit more now than I would have done when I was studying. Um, I think that suits me.
0: And tell me, like, how? Because, because when I first met you years ago, you were a cellist, and suddenly it was like you were this amazing stuntwoman. So, how did that journey happen? How did that
1: come about? Well, it was probably it was probably uh, fated anyway before I even touched a cello. So, I um I was a swimmer, I was a, an open sea swimmer and a springboard diver while I was growing up. Um, I only really became a cellist because my uh elder sister, my elder sister Heidi, and um, we had a horse at home, and she. Uh, the horse. She fell off the horse um, and broke her arm. And I remember I was up a tree at the time. I used to love climbing trees, bit of a tomboy. And my mum said, uh, "Emma, get down here." And I said, "Okay." So I came down. She said, "Look, there's cello lessons paid for, and you're going. Heidi can't go, so you're going." So that was it. That's how I became a cellist. And I ended up uh, studying in college and had a great kind of life with it. Um, and then, yeah, went back to went back college and studied acting. And whilst I was there, I kind of got involved in the stunt side of it and just thought, this makes sense. This is cool. This is, this is, I like this. This makes sense for me, you know?
0: And the, you know, is, was there someone that you sort of admired in the stunt business that you sort of thought, oh guy, I want to do that. I want to, I want to be like them. I mean, especially, like, I imagine there aren't a huge amount of female stunt people. No,
1: no, there wasn't. And I think there was probably a few who in the Irish industry before me who had um, worked um, but maybe not made a full time career out of it because the opportunities weren't there. And so when I came along, I uh, no, I had never really aspired to be a stunt person because I didn't know it was a possibility. I remember um, having like a, my uh, advice in school um, about careers and like who's going to talk about being a stunt performer in careers advice in when you're in sixth year. I mean, I think I was, I think I was told a few different things that didn't really make much sense for my sensibilities. But I, I think they knew I had music up my sleeve as well, so they kind of let me off and just said, Well she's gonna go that route. Um but no, I never knew that being a stunt performer was a possibility in Ireland. I didn't know it was a thing. I knew there were stunt men, but I hadn't really heard of stunt women. So um so no, I'll be honest I didn't I didn't really uh, have any aspirations towards it. Just out of sheer kind of not knowing that it was possible. And um, but then when I did my first job I, I was on a Guinness ad and I had to jump for a cherry picker crane onto boxes uh, in a beautiful red silk dress. And uh, I remember, I remember the, my, going through my head, the costumer had said to me, whatever you do, do not tear this dress or rip this dress. And I thought, okay, I won't rip this dress, which showed my naivety because I had plenty of other things to be thinking about, my own safety as opposed to this red silk dress, but that's all yeah. that was in my head. And so basically I met uh, another of my colleagues now uh, on the top of that crane for the first time and he gave me his hand and he said, are you nervous? I said, um, in my head, I was thinking I could lie to this guy and then press him and tell him I'm not nervous or I could just be really honest. And I just said, yes, I'm really nervous. And he said, this is good. I'm glad you're nervous. Let's go. And we jumped off onto the boxes and that was kind of it. And that was like, a, it was a lovely, it's lovely moments actually because now I'm firm friends with that man and he's kind of like, he ended up being kind of my mentor through my whole stunt career and every big stunt that I've done, he's kind of been there in the background and looking after me. So, you know, it's amazing that that one moment kind of cemented a friendship. It's trust.
0: What things have you worked on that we might've seen?
1: Um, So most recently, well, I was on normal people as stunt coordinator. And so I was brought in for the kind of more visceral, um, sex scenes. So there's some scenes that have a kind of element of, uh, on safety, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that a word even? <laughs> but, um, so I was brought in just to help choreograph that and to kind of make sure that the cast felt safe and that it was repeatable and that it was, you know, something that was also telling the story whilst using our tricks to hide the fact that they're not actually in the act of, <laughs> act of it. Um, and uh, so as I'm not revealed, yes, I just was on Foundation, which is a sci-fi. It's an Apple Television show that was being filmed in Troy Studios in Limerick, and so I was in Iceland at the beginning of the year, and um, yeah, we've we've kind of in Germany. I was in Berlin for a couple of weeks with that, Um, and so that that's been quite busy. It's obviously stopped now because of the COVID nineteen outbreak. um,
0: Yeah, I was going to say, we were you in the middle of a project when lockdown happened?
1: Yes, so yes, so I was I was working in Troy Studios on this job. Um, with a view to going to Malta for a month um, to work in the tanks over there, um, and it all just stopped very, quite quickly, actually. They were quite uh, proactive in, their, um, in stopping the whole thing, because it was a huge production. There was a lot of people involved.
0: Now, if you don't mind, I have a list of questions here for my eight-year-old son, who was very excited that I was going to talk to you because he's also a chalice and he does like to throw himself off things. So if that's all right, I'd like to ask you his questions.
1: I would be, I would be so happy to answer those. So have you
0: ever been set on fire?
1: Yes, many times. So fire, I really enjoy fire. It's kind of something that I'm spent a bit of time kind of looking into again with the colleague i was telling you about genie geese and um, he's a bit of a genius when it comes to uh, that work because he's made all of the gels okay. um that you use and oh yeah i love it it's one of my favorite things to do
0: actually that, that leads me on to another one because I, I wanted to ask you um how how are stunts actually planned like i mean safety wise like there must be so much planning that goes in but how do you plan it without trying it, if you see what
1: I mean? <laughs> like... Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So it's all about prep. Everything is about prep. And so on the day when you are performing, you're actually not thinking about the stunt per se, you're thinking about the performance for camera. You need to be at that level on the day so that you're not worried about this, that, or the other. You've gone through it. So basically, you bring things up to a level. Now, if it's a really big stunt, you don't do it onto the day. You really don't. You get to a certain stage, and then on the day, you'll take it that extra little bit um but no you don't put yourself in danger on a on a you know in, in in big danger on a kind of rehearsal day so you just incrementally build things up
0: and do you do you still get nervous do you still get nervous doing doing things
1: uh certain things i don't get nervous with fire um it's not helpful it's actually the that would be the worst thing that could happen is that you get nervous and you run away nobody can get you you're on fire Um, so it's all about actually it's all about breath Um, the difficult thing about fire is um, you usually have um, you usually do it on breath so you'll hold your breath or you'll use an apparatus I haven't I don't think I've used an apparatus for burns no all of mine have either been open face or with like a a tube Uh, so no I've kind of done mine on breath god you're
0: very brave
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. I actually find the challenge of not losing it is the, is the key. That's what I like.
0: About. And presumably, um, I'll come back to George's questions, but presumably like, in, in this lockdown, you need to be quite physically fit. Do you? Are you training? or? Yeah,
1: so things have changed probably in the last maybe two, three years since I've had my son. Um, I've changed into a coordinator status. So now I'll go out and I'll kind of facilitate the stunts and manage them and put the right person in the right place uh, to do the job. And there's some brilliant people out there at the moment in the group that I'm in. And so um, that's kind of changed a little bit. Um, Before, yes, I would have been uh, swimming a lot. That was kind of my thing that I enjoyed and liked and could kind of push with. Um, So, yeah, I mean, when you're working, it's very difficult as well because the the hours are so long. Like you can work anything from 12 to 14, 15, 16 hours a day. So it's difficult to kind of make time Mm. for life as well you know
0: especially with the little one yeah <laughs> yeah so my next question then <laughs> have you ever been crashed into by a car or a motorbike
1: yes I have been crashed into by a car um but I was in a car at the time oh. um for a job in in, in Shetland, on the Shetland Islands actually um and that was yes so basically you're in a, um, a bucket seat and you're you know you have a neck brace on and yeah but, but yes you are crashed into Um, The other thing was a car knockdown that I did, Uh, it was probably one of the biggest stunts I've done and it was early in my career and probably put me on the map a little bit. Yeah it was a blind knockdown which are rare, they're rare enough that you get blind knockdowns which meant I couldn't see the car coming. I was told not to turn around and look at the car even though you can hear it behind you.
0: It must be really hard not to not to react you know because if you know it's going to happen like how how do you not react? Absolutely.
1: So you've to, I guess, adrenaline courses through you. So I knew that I had to run um, to get to a certain place to meet the car. The car was going to collect mm-hmm. me collect um, me at a certain place where we had placed kind of roof, we'd uh, place some mats, you know. And that was going to be the spot where the hit would happen. But of course, uh, your adrenaline is up and you run. I ran a little bit faster than I had anticipated. Just because your heart rate's up, everything's up. So that's why I say adrenaline's not really your friend. You need to suppress that and find a way around it you know and mm. um, calmness is the key
0: so do you find in your normal life now things don't really stress you are you quite sort of you
1: know, no <laughs> i would love if that was true i would love if that were true it's so funny like when somebody when you look at fire you look at a car coming towards you then you know there's real danger and you're able to suppress it but it's all these little things that creep up in you that can chip away at you that you don't realize you yeah. know? it's amazing actually now that you mention it <laughs> Okay. Um, no, I am not. I'm not. I'm not a Zen Buddhist. I wish I was. <laughs> so his next question
0: is, did you jump off a skyscraper?
1: I have never jumped off a skyscraper. George, I need to jump <gasps> off a skyscraper. <laughs> no, I've never jumped off a skyscraper. But It'd be rare enough that you jump off a real skyscraper. There's amazing footage of an artist called Bob Brown worth looking at called The Big Leap. He did this amazing job through glass on fire onto an airbag. It's just phenomenal. It's kind of like one of the best stunts ever. He's kind of just done everything. Um, I haven't done it, um, but I have jumped at heights off different things, usually frames, scaf- scaffolding frames. Mm-hmm. And they build them and then they kind of paint whatever they need to on top of the scaffold. And
0: what do you, you think is the, the highest you've jumped, do you think?
1: Oh gosh, yeah, nothing too high if I'm really honest, like nothing over oh, gosh, 25 feet, maybe 30 feet max Oh Yeah, yeah, <laughs> max No, that's not, it's not considered very high It's not considered very high <laughs> um, Some cliffs, some scaffold, yeah, no, I think that's probably the max. There's people that do big, big, big jumps oh, yeah. and that's
0: not
1: considered a big it jump. It just puts me in a cold um, sweat even thinking
0: about it <laughs> It's a little hop <laughs> Yeah. Okay, um, his next question is, do you have a favourite kind of stunt? I think you might have answered that with the fire. Is, is fire your...?
1: Do you have a favourite kind of stunt? Yes, I like fire and I like water. I'll, any of the elements. <laughs> That's what I like.
0: This um, yeah. <laughs> is Mrs, Mrs, Mrs such an eight-year-old boy question. Did you ever get chased by a bull?
1: <laughs> Did I ever get chased by a bull? Not in work! <laughs> Um, no, I've never been chased by a bull, but maybe, I don't know, I'll go to Pamplona and see what's going on there, <laughs> run around, yeah. before I get too old and my knees get too creaky. Might try that. <laughs> Did George ever get chased by a bull?
0: No, but he's quite obsessed with himself. So.
1: <laughs> well, I love his questioning. It's quite cool, actually.
0: <laughs> I mean, I have one, like, do you, um, do you do, like, any of the, sort of, sword fighting and stuff? Um, is that, is that... A yes. Or, yeah.
1: Yeah, so there's a, oh, there's a little bit of, yeah. So, I, yes, I have done some sword fighting. I did some of the fencing on uh, Penny Dreadful and worked on Vikings for a good few years. Um, so, yeah, it is an element of stunts. It's um, a little bit of a funny one because they use it in stage combat and that's where it was most prevalent. Um, but, of course, there are period dramas that are going on here. Um, and, yes, stunt work will be considered, um, sword work will be considered part of stunts. Um, really, a little bit of me. Yes, I, I, like, I absolutely concur that that's a choreography of kinds. It depends if it's grouped with things like high falls or fire, or you know what I would consider like an actual kind of hard stunt. You know, in a way. So yes, it is part of stunts, um, but there are other elements also sure. that would make you a stuntman as opposed to just being a sword fighter.
0: Okay, and and certainly
1: in Ireland here, is it, how many, you know, is it a big industry or? Yeah, there's, uh, it's, I mean, there's, it's a very busy industry. It's a small industry, but it's busy. And so, um, everyone kind of knows each other. There's unfortunately a lot of political fracas that goes on in this world because it's so competitive and people want the work and they, you know, and there's lots of new people coming in all the time or at least trying to knock on the door and it's a tough place to get into and it's a tough place to stay in unless you are prepared to train and kind of evolve, look forward and work as a team with people. That's really the only way forward. I think people fall out of it or they fall foul of it when they stop doing those things. So that's really kind of how it
0: works. Are you sort of a self-employed stunt person or is it like a team that you work with all the time?
1: Yeah, so I'm self-employed, but I'm also part of a guild of stunt uh, performers and coordinators. I'm actually president of it this year, um, which is great. First female president. Fantastic. fantastic. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, but they're a great gang of people, and there's lots of really fantastic people coming up through the guild at the moment. So it's just going to get stronger and stronger. And what we're putting in place are a training, uh, training framework for people. So that, unlike when I was in careers advice and nobody had a clue that it was a possibility, um, somebody might find out about it and they'll say oh my gosh that's a possibility i can get into it and we have a stunt school as well uh, where people can come and learn some of the kind of tricks and mm-hmm. you know yeah that
0: was one of my questions actually is if do. anyone was watching but wanted to get into stunts how do they even start like
1: well i guess look up stuntguildireland.com and that will have um the qualifications list and basically you need a certain amount of qualifications for different statuses um, but you can start to be a trainee when you're 16 as long as you have one of the qualifications. So you can you can start, start your journey. And our job is kind of to support people coming up and teach them because it's all, like like you said there, you can't really go out and just do a dangerous stunt. You need to learn the preparation for that. And it's, it really comes from experience. It's very difficult to get a, a qualification that's going to say, you are a stunt man or a woman. Very difficult. Now we're trying to change that with the stunt school. Um, but, I mean, that's evolving
0: at the moment. Yeah, that's great. And, and like, what, uh, do you have things planned for when we come out of lockdown or is it all sort of up in the air at the moment?
1: It's all up in the air at the moment, but I think studios are allowed back to work from the 29th of June. Um, now we've been working on COVID back to work kind of protocols and um, I guess we just have to see what happens. I would imagine that it's going to be similar to this close contact sport So something like rugby or wrestling or, you know, that times when we can go back and do um, fight scenes, especially, they're going to be the tricky Mm. ones. Um, Otherwise what we'll do is isolated stunts. So we can do high falls, we can do car crashes because people will be isolated. So it's going to, you know, like there's certain things you can do. And then the intimate kind of scenes will, look at, it at the time.
0: Okay, and you, you mentioned that you've gone more into the stunt coordinating so does that mean that you actually work with a film director or something to, to plan the stunt from start to
1: finish? Exactly, exactly exactly, so, so they'll write it, you'll get the script, you do a breakdown and you see, I think things are going to change now because what we're saying is um, if it, the script, if something's written in the script and it's not entirely possible then we're going to have to be able to change that and tweak it and try and come up with something better, that is possible you know, creatively. So, um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of what you do. You work with the directors, you work with the showrunner, you work with all the other departments to try and make it possible. So
0: you feel, you feel fairly positive that you know, there's a way out of this current situation and that, you know, you'll be back at work soon.
1: Yeah, there's lots of different ways. I mean, it'll be down to budget as well. I think like, yeah, it like the CGI is, is could be a, a great friend of ours. Um, and we, if we can learn how to work together with kind of the VFX department that would be really good as well you yeah. know anyway we're looking at lots of different things um basically we need to know them because we need to train people so that they they come on set and they know what they're doing yeah
0: and um just i mean you mentioned this amazing stunt earlier with the guy on fire jumping through glass i was i was going to ask you if there's a favorite all-time stunt that you saw that just made you blow blew your mind would that be it do you think or is
1: that's probably it pretty awesome Pretty awesome there, and it's old school, like it's it's yeah, it's pretty amazing. And um, I don't just watch, and I don't think well, I don't just watch stunts, you know. So I'm kind of looking at like this beautiful underwater dance routines, there's like a lot of dancers, a lot of artwork that's going on that you can draw from. Um, lots of things like that. It's not just about watching somebody do an end of kind of here's a stunt, you kind of have to draw from lots of different things. So, like a dance routines, ballet, anything that you find. That you can kind of put into into play is, is where you where you draw from, you know.
0: Brilliant! Thanks so much for talking to me, Emo. It's been amazing. It's been really, really interesting, and I can't wait to see you in action at another time. Maybe jump off a skyscraper for us?
1: Yeah. Listen, I can't wait. I'll, hopefully, we'll meet George, and I'll look after him, <laughs> and we can do some role oh like chase balls.
0: Absolutely love it. <laughs>
1: We will chase the bulls instead of the bulls chasing <laughs> that us. Sounds good, that. that sounds
0: good. <laughs> Thanks so much for talking to me.
1: <laughs> no, thank you.
0: Bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, a huge thank you to Emma for such a fun and informative chat. I highly recommend you check out the stunt she was talking about. Um, just search for the Big Leap Stunts and you'll see that Bob Brown clip there. Also, do check out Ema's showreel on YouTube. It is pretty wild. Thank you so much for listening, and if you liked what you heard, please subscribe for free and tell your friends about us too. It would also be a massive help to us if you could leave a review on the Apple Podcast page. I'll see you next week when I'll be talking to clarinetist Burginald Rash about the lack of diversity in classical music and what we can do to address that.